The U.S. men's national team failed to impress against Ukraine on Wednesday. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarsep. What's up, buddy? Nothing much, man. Just uh, chilling out, counting the hours down till MLS Week 1. But today, we finally got some action to watch, some soccer to watch. Unfortunately, it wasn't great soccer, at least if you were watching the U.S. team. Uh, but it did give us plenty. It has given us plenty to talk about, and and I, it also has given U.S. fans apparently a lot to worry about. Well, I don't think we should. It's so funny. I I think the immediate reaction on on Twitter and just kind of seeing everyone freak out a little bit was, you know, just chicken, just take chicken it easy. little baby. Well, just chicken take it easy. Baby. I mean, there's a reason why this is a friendly. This isn't the World Cup yet. Some of these guys won't be going to Brazil. Just, I understand, there's, there's no need to hit the panic button. You could be concerned, but you don't need to freak out or anything like that. But as I've said... <laughs> come on, come what? on. That's what America... Um, US, U.S. soccer fans... Uh, they, there's no, I don't think there's anything they do better than press the panic button. Uh, see, is, is this the problem? I'm now the voice of reason telling everyone to take it easy? That, that's a problem. I, I, I brainwashed you now, as everyone likes to point out. So all my all my methods, all my all my approaches to, to this <laughs> have now been. You have now officially been brainwashed. You're part of the cult, the the cult of reasonable uh, soccer talk. <laughs> I love how you're looking for that. <laughs> there you uh, go. But but as as everyone could read in the description, this is uh, this is also the Western Conference preview show. The preview show. Uh, episode 118, Ivis and I did the Eastern Conference. So if you want to hear the Eastern Conference, please listen to that show. Ivis and I uh, worked really hard on that. We, we thought we did an excellent job, and if we picked your team to finish last, it's a personal thing. Uh, before we get into the Western Conference, Ivis, we got to talk about the U.S. men's national team against Ukraine. Uh, a few things to talk about. The, the team failed to impress, and, and I think the most important thing going into this game is we were looking at individual performances, guys who could really help their cause, increase their chances to go to Brazil. And when you look at the players that were on the field, I mean, it's kind of hard-pressed to find some guys that looked good. I mean, besides Tim Howard, Jeff Cameron, and Alejandro Bedoya, I mean, no one else really showed well in this game. Right. It, it was really a forgettable game. It, it was a disjointed performance. Uh, you could tell that a lot of these guys weren't used to playing together, whether it was Jim, whether you had Jermaine Jones and Sacha Klesson struggling in the middle, uh, Fabian Johnson, Edgar Castillo on the flank, Oguchi Onyewu, John Brooks in the middle and at center backs. It, just none of it really worked. And uh, it, it was unfortunate for, for some of these guys because, you know, it was really – it was a last chance for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, as much as you're in Klinsman – Likes to give people chances over and over and over. You gotta get. You gotta believe that for some of these guys, this is probably the last chance they're gonna get. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I mean, I think without a doubt. I mean, Tim Howard once again showed why he's the number one goalkeeper. I mean, two huge saves uh, on those one v one chances. I mean, the defense did not help him out on the rebounds of those at all, and they put him in those situations to begin with. But look, Tim Howard showed it. Jeff Cameron, I thought did an excellent job holding up the ball. But you mentioned a guy, Ivis. Who, who who really missed that opportunity. I mean, Edgar Castillo gets the start, and what does he do? Ball watches, Ukraine scores the opening goal because of him just zoning out and not staying with his man. I mean, if anyone really messed up their opportunity, I mean, Edgar Castillo, there's no way. He'll, I don't think he's ever going to get a call up again before, before Brazil. It, it, it was ugly. And, you know, I, I don't know how many people were truly surprised by that because he struggled in the past. He has struggled defensively. But this game, I mean, the number of times that he was caught out of position, the number of times he was flat out beaten, and the number of times that he, he was slow to react, slow to track back, 
it, it was just unbelievable. And look, credit to Ukraine. They, they played a great game. Uh, they were inspired. They were clearly mm-hmm. inspired to put on a good performance for their country, for their countrymen, to give their give the Ukrainian people something to feel good about. Because obviously, when you got a bunch of Russian soldiers and tanks, and, and you know, all on your land, uh, you know, you're going to feel a little unsettled and not so happy, and, and and everything that's going on there. But you know, the Ukraine to the to their credit, they played great, and on the wings, especially in the first half, mm-hmm. they absolutely terrorized. Uh, the U.S. and and Edgar Castillo just wasn't ready. He, nope. And and look, I, I don't want to kill him too much because obviously, I mean, I you know during the game on Twitter, I, I had to, I had to go at him multiple times. But at the end of the day, the guy has admitted himself that he's not a good defender. I mean, the guy said it to my face <laughs> in 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 a World Cup after World Cup qualifier uh, th- this past summer. He's not a good defender. He will tell you that. So if the guy will tell you himself, he's not a good defender. Do you really need to keep trotting him out there, giving him chances? Um, but at the same time, it's clear Jurgen wanted to see Fabian Johnson. And and so it, it, starting Edgar Castillo mm-hmm. was as much about Fabian Johnson as it was about Edgar Castillo. So it was so in a way it was almost like a lame, you know, they 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 kind of, you know, used him as a bit of a lame duck because they didn't they didn't want to fly DeMarcus Beasley over. You know, he's 31 years old, he, you know, he's playing every week. At Puebla, you know, you, do you need to put the miles on him in a World Cup year? Probably not. Let him rest. Edgar Castillo, younger player, give him his chance to sh- impress, and he just did not do it by any means. Well, he was the worst player, worst player on the field. Well, and that's the thing that confuses me is is I understand that Edgar Castillo doesn't want to play defense. Look, I, I get that, but when you have an opportunity to go to Brazil, I mean, where's the urgency? Where's the sense of hey, I can really be on this roster and play in the World Cup? I mean, and, and it's just mental mistakes, it's ball watching. Pinching in when he shouldn't be pinching in. I, Edgar Castillo, look, I, I get he doesn't want to play defense, but man, dude, I mean, there's, I'm sure there were other professional. I'm sure there's other guys in Major League Soccer who are just screaming at the TV, going, "Man, I'll play defense. I'll mark that guy. I won't zone out." Edgar Castillo, yeah. man, it's it's well, very, that, very, that, very it, disappointing. It, it's funny that you mention that because you have to wonder um, if he keeps getting chances. Why can't some of these other guys, Michael, you know, Michael Harrington, yep. Chris Clute, Chris Clute, yes. Uh, how bad are these guys, Seth Sinovich? How bad are these guys? If Edgar Castillo, it, 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 you could trot him out there, and he, he, you know, a stiff breeze can beat him. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> it's unbelievable. And here's the thing, right? If you're gonna be a defensive liability, you better be freaking Roberto Carlos getting forward. You better be uh, this just unbelievable force mm-hmm. in the attack. You better be David Alaba. Or Danny Alves in the attack. If you're going to be as bad defensively as Edgar Castillo has proven to be over and over and over, so for me, for my money, we shouldn't see him again. But we never know with Klinsman because he gives guys chances. But at this point, at this point, how do you do it? How do you give him another chance? Uh, so I mean, you know how you do it? You do it if you don't have other options. And I think Tim Chandler getting hurt. Eric Lehigh being hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sorry, folks. Eric Lehigh, I, and I know I feel like I always end up bringing up Eric Lehigh's, you know, defense. I, I'm not related to him. I'm not his agent. I just think he's a good player. <laughs> he can bring something to the table when he's healthy. There's other guys. Give these other guys a look. Edgar Castillo wants no part of defending. You're about to go in the group of death. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he seriously, you can't, you can't put him on the field against the Portugal. You can't put him on the field against Germany. You really can't put him on the field against Ghana. I mean, come on. If you put him on the field with Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, Ronaldo will freaking Mortal Kombat fatality Edgar Castillo on on the field. I mean, you can't do it. So not to say that there's these all these amazing left backs to choose from, but he has shown he just can't get it done. 
Nice, uh, nice video game reference right there. Going to his uh, other. Uh, t- uh, uh, the police, the police are coming. They're no, it's, the, it's, for, it's for assaulting Edward Castillo. Right yeah, all right, all right, yeah. We we got uh, that was actually a fire truck. Hopefully, I don't see any fires. Hopefully, everyone's okay. Uh, or that's not like a car police accident. car. It was that's a fire like, truck. It was a fire for truck. For those who don't know, Garrett lives in the project. No, <laughs> stop it. I... <laughs> um, as we all know, I wouldn't survive a day. Probably let alone maybe ten minutes. This is true. This is true. Um, I, going over to his counterparts, Ives uh, Gujian Yewu and John Brooks. Um, you know, kind of a, just a, a mix showing between the two. I mean, John Brooks at times showed his youth. You know, played a couple bad balls, and and, and you we're, had. I'm sorry. I think I think we're skipping somebody. Uh, you know, if we're gonna go in order, we're worse to, to, to. Oh, we're going worse. Oh, I was just going back line up up to the top. I mean, you, who, who do you want to name as the second nah, worst player on the field? Not, well, I'd say, well, not not worse, not even about worse, <laughs> but who hurt their chances the most? And I'm oh, sorry, I see, I see. He, Sasha Kleshton oh, yeah. really, really hurt his chances. I mean, his chances are are pretty pretty close flatlining right now. I mean, it's uh, I t- actually I tweeted that uh, did any you know when he came off the field, uh, when him and Castillo came off the field, you know, I, I felt like I heard the the music from the in memoriam segment in uh, of the Oscars. You know, like it's like goodbye, <laughs> like you, you know, we won't see you again. Uh, and it's unfortunate, you know, because Sasha question mm-hmm. when he's on his game, the guy can play. I really believe that. I've seen him play. I've seen him do well. I still remember the 2010 World Cup qualifying cycle. You know, he had some pretty good games. But that's so long ago. Obviously, it's five years ago now. Uh, but he just hasn't gotten it done in his last few appearances for the U.S. And this was the game. Mm-hmm. This was the game for him to get it done. And in the first half, he was just not. He was just awful. He just. He he was just invisible. And and this was he should it should have been a game for him to get involved in the attack. Yep. Um, now again, in fairness to him, uh, you know. It seemed like he was deployed deep, but he should have been in a position to get forward a bit more, get involved more. He just not only did he not get involved in the attack in the first half, he ball watched in the uh, on the as far as the defensive responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, guys were making runs off of him. Guys were sending, uh, you know, having all the time in the world to hit long passes uh, and exposing the back line. I mean, a lot of that had, he he's to blame. He had, he has to take some blame for a lot of that. He just, you know, you have to be contributing one way or the other. If you're not delivering the passes, setting up chances, and you got to be, uh, you know, closing guys down and shutting guys down. And I know some people were, rip, were, were getting on Jermaine Jones in the game. Mm-hmm. And early on, yeah, he had his struggles. But I thought overall, I thought Jermaine Jones had, he showed as the game went on, he showed the qualities that he brings to the table. He's the kind of guy that you need to start to kind of, you know, I don't want to say beat up an opponent, but he's the guy that's going to step in, give the hard challenges, let the opponent know that they're not going to have an easy road. And and that's what he brings to the table. And I thought he did that. Sasha Kleshton, I mean, in the second half, he had a couple of moments where, yes, he finally got into the attack. He got forward. He was able to combine in a couple of sequences, but there just wasn't enough of that. And for a guy, you know, there's a lot of competition in the middle. Mm-hmm. There, there's a lot of other guys vying for that for for, for the spots there uh, for the World Cup, and he didn't do himself any favors. And, and I'd say I I have a hard time believing he's going to get on that plane in Brazil. No, I, I agree. I mean, when you look at the other options in the midfield, you know, Michael Bradley, uh, Kyle Beckerman, mixed discrewed even. I, it was just very disappointing. I mean, I, I actually, Jermaine Jones, you're right. In the second half, showed a lot better. In the first half, I, I thought he. Positional sense was bad. He put him. I mean, he was dropping down to help out the the center backs a lot. But at the same time, Jones, as he would do that, he put himself in a bad position, so he wouldn't have a good opportunity to distribute the ball. The midfield was kind of all over the place. I mean, very unfortunate for Sasha Kleshin to miss out on the opportunity. Another guy who missed out on the opportunity, Ivis Guchian Yebu. I mean, he had an up and down game at at center back. He had good moments. He had bad moments. I I don't. I don't. He didn't help his case out at all either. 
Well, actually, I, I'd say of the center backs, I mean, I, neither neither of the center backs helped their cause. But I, for me, John Brooks was worse. I think John Brooks hurt his chances more uh, because you could see with him the the rust yep. uh, of not playing. I mean, the guys played five minutes in 2014 for Hertha Berlin, and even before that, he you know he he lost his job. He, he was in the doghouse at Hertha, and uh, he's a young player, and it's easy to forget that he's a young player. But you know, he made some silly mistakes, and he's made these kind of he's made mistakes in his appearances for the national team. Mm-hmm. Um, th- you see, you see the qualities right uh, uh, that make him a, a, an intriguing prospect, a promising prospect. But he's not the finished product yet, and 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 I I would love to go back and sift through our past shows. For the number of times that I would I would point that out and I would tell people I said listen there's a lot of hype about John Brooks there's a lot of people who want to talk him up say he's the future he's the guy he's the man he could start right now he's he's he's, the, he's amazing and it's like settle down you got you always got to wonder you always got to be careful when you listen to people hyping up these kind of unproven players and 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 he's been exposed you know he's not ready yet uh, the thing with I think the big and I and I wrote this in in my uh, in my column after the game for Goal.com. The big issue, I think, for those two is that they're too similar. Mm-hmm. They, they're too, you don't play those guys together. You play those guys with uh, a more athletic, uh, a, a quicker uh, partner, uh, an organizing type partner. Uh, you know, someone exactly like Matt Beasler. Matt Beasler, if you put a Gucci Oyewu with a Matt Beasler, he'll do. He'll fare much better because he. I mean, you remember. Think about this: a Gucci Oyewu, the best time, his best time in the national team. Carlos Bocanegra was his was his center back partner. Bocanegra could organize. Bocanegra had the speed to kind of keep, you know, he kept the line. Aguchi Oyewu could dominate in the air uh, and, and deal with the physical uh, the physical forwards that they'd have to deal with. And, and uh, that was the role, right? And he didn't have to worry about, you know, positioning because his, his partner could, could make sure that, you know, the, they, they held the line well and all that. With these two guys, with Brooks and Onyewu, they're both guys who need that. So when you put those two guys together – they don't know who to play off of. You know, they're both trying to do their own thing. They have, and again, they've never played together. So that's that. That's not easy either. So I, I think it was kind of a recipe for failure. And, and you know, the problem is Klinsman didn't have many other options. Tim Ream pulled out. I really think Tim Ream would have started. I, I honestly believe that because, you know, Tim Ream, I think, would have, would have been better suited. You know, you play, you play him left center back. He can organize. I know people still remember his struggles at the 2011 Gold Cup. That was a long time ago. Uh, but I think he can be an organizer. And uh, you could tell early on that they were having all sorts of trouble. They couldn't keep their line. Uh, they, they, Ukraine were, was beating their trap like, like like it was nothing. because Well, part of that was lack of ball pressure on, on the service. But a lot of it was also the line. You know, it, I mean, some of it also was Inter Castillo. But. You could tell Onyewu and Brooks, the communication wasn't there. A lot of times they 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 they, mm-hmm. they tried to do the same things. On the second goal, perfect example, if you're John Brooks, right, and Ongusho Yewu steps forward for a challenge up the field, oh, yeah. you have got to drop back. I mean, that's just common. That's like just simple center back 101 there that, you know, if your guy, if your center back partner is that far forward, you can't be that far forward because there's no one behind you, and and that's what and that's why once they got the ball over the top, there was nobody there. And even however many seconds after the first shot was saved, and the goal goes in, those they, those guys were still not in the picture. I mean, that's ridiculous. So again, the the the, the lack of familiarity, but also I think the fact that those guys were too 
are too similar. And, and for me, if, if you're asking me of those two guys, I thought Brooks struggled more, and I think Onyewu still has more of a chance. I know some people can't. There were a lot of people crushing Onyewu. A lot of people, oh, he's, he's washed up. When are people going to realize he doesn't have it anymore? And I'm just like, sorry, folks. He he wasn't great today. He wasn't good. He he made some mistakes, but it wasn't it wasn't as if he was getting beat one on one, getting exposed, getting beat on the turn. A lot of it was miscommunication issues, uh, positioning issues at, within the defense. The first goal and, too. The first goal was positioning. When you look at where Anyewu right. and John Brooks were, I mean, they were right next to each other on the right side. Edgar right. Castillo was caught in no man's land. Well, there you go. So, so, so that's the thing. Like for me, I think of those three guys, I think Onyewu was the least, uh, the the least offender, or or, or the or, or you know the least guilty on the day. So for me, Onyewu's playing regularly at Shuffle Wednesday. Mm-hmm. By all accounts, he's playing well. They haven't lost a game with him on the field. Uh, they're they're posting shutouts. Uh, everything you hear is, is that he's doing well there. So if he continues to do that, if he keeps playing well for the next two months and change. I don't see why he wouldn't get still get brought in. And as I said earlier, if you're Jurgen Klinsman and you look at him and you say, you know what, if anything happens to Omar Gonzalez mm-hmm. or if Omar Gonzalez is out of form, uh, gets injured, or you know just doesn't have it, or if anything happens to Omar Gonzalez, right, you still have Clarence Goodson, but Onyewu is someone to consider. And as, I, and as I've mentioned before, you have to remember this one big fact. He, Gucci Onyewu, the only center back in the pool who's actually played in a World Cup. Because, and that's big, man. That I mean, as much you know, hey, it was one game. It was against England. He played well in that game before his knee forced him out of the rest of the tournament. But he still has played in the in the World Cup. That experience, I think, I think it's it's valuable. So if he keeps playing well in, in England, he will get. I think he'll get called into the into the preliminary camp, and he still has a chance to make the team. I, I agree with you on that, but I I still think that between. Omar Gonzalez and Matt Beasler, Clarence Goodson, and even <clears throat> Jeff Cameron as your fourth center back if needed. I, I just think that's better than than what you have. And then you could also add in Michael Parkhurst, Michael Roscoe. I think Onye was going to he's going to have to show Ar- well, Ivis. Roscoe is somebody that's an interesting thought because you know once you talk about Matt Beasler, there is no one after him. There is no one else like him. And Michael Roscoe is the closest thing you have to a similar player from in the sense of being a technical player, being a smaller, uh, quicker, more athletic player, uh, as opposed to the, the big center backs that you have. So a has a chance. And I, I, I'd say if anyone, if anyone's stock went up today, as far as center back, <laughs> it was Michael Roscoe yeah. because he wasn't there. He's been starting regularly for Puebla. Now look, Puebla hasn't been getting the results, but their defense has been solid. Mm-hmm. Their defense hasn't allowed many goals. They're losing games one zero because their offense doesn't produce. But their defense has actually been de- is not has not been bad. I mean, I think goals and you know goals per game is pretty low. So Orozco is doing well. He's doing well there. And and I think you know you can't take away the fact that uh, Orozco and and Beasley are teammates at Puebla. So mm-hmm. that that could come into play as well. So. If you're Klinsman and you're looking at your center backs right now and you say, you know what, if I have to go with Beasler, Gonzalez, Goodson, Orozco, am I okay with that? And it, it, it's entirely, entirely possible. That being said, I still would not rule out Oguchi yet. No, I wouldn't either. And if he keeps getting playing time too, I, I don't think – I mean, the other thing is John Brooks, like you said, showed his youth throughout the game. I mean, he's a young player. He's still learning. I mean, there are a couple passes where it's just like, oh, yeah, man, you do that against Portugal, he, oh, you do that against right. Germany. Ooh. He, he still has those lapses that where you can see he's overthinking things. Yeah. He, he's young. And That's the fun, big yeah. issue now, the big issue, is he going to get plenty of time at Hertha? That's not a lock. They, 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 you know, he's, he's fallen out of the lineup. 
Now, if he doesn't start between now and the next two months, the mm-hmm. next, the last, the last two months and a two and a half months of the season, two months of the season, uh, do you bring him in? Do you bring in an ex- in an inexperienced central defender who hasn't been playing? No, you don't. Regardless of the fact that you want to cap tie him, and he's still he's still not technically cap tied to the U.S., you still don't you don't bring him for that because center back is too important a position. To, to, to spend a, uh, a pick based on that. Now, if you want to talk about Julian Green and, and you want to, like, <laughs> spend a slot on an attacker, you know, could you get away with that? You know, because you look at the fourth forward and you say, hey, you know what, fourth forward maybe probably won't play much anyway. If we can get Julian Green, Julian Green can help us in, in the Olympics. He can help us in 2018. He's worth it. That's different. But center back, you need all your defenders in the World Cup. If you follow, if any, you know, if you follow the World Cup closely over the years, you end up needing almost every defender because just there's so many games. You get the there's red cards. There's all you know. There's so many issues. There's injuries. You end up using all your defenders. So so for that standpoint, it it does matter. It is important who the fourth center back is going to be. As much as you know, people might not think that. And look, I know you know they, Bob Bradley in 2010. He didn't use all his defenders. Uh, but something could happen. Sti- Red cards, injuries. Yeah, absolutely. You still need them, so it does matter. And it's going to be an interesting race. It's going to yeah. be an absolutely interesting race. Uh, the the names that you mentioned. I don't, you know, Parker's for center back on the on the international level. I don't I don't see it. I mean, he's more, you know, can he do it in MLS? Yes. Can he do it on the international level? No. I don't. I, I disagree. But, but it's nice Jeff to have. Can- that, but it's nice to have that versatility, though. He can come yeah, in if he needs yeah, to play center no. back. He can. He can play right no. back. Look, Jeff Cameron. I, I would pencil for me. I pencil in Jeff Cameron as your fourth center back. That's what I would do. I mean, in a pinch, right? Maybe you could do that. But he, I'm like, is, I, I disagree. You know, I love him, Alexi Lalas, but I disagree with the notion that Brad Evans has got a hammerlock on the right back position. I'm sorry, folks. Jeff Cameron's your right back. He is your guy. He's the guy who can actually hang with some of these, uh, some of these teams that mm-hmm. they're playing. He plays in the Premier League. He started there for a year and a half. Uh, Brad Evans doesn't even start right back for his club team. He doesn't even as much as yes, I give it to him. He's a, he's a good player. He he did well in qualifying, but Jeff Cameron's your guy right back, and because of that, uh, you can't. You, you know, I'm sorry, you can't. The, the, remember, Jeff Cameron hasn't played enough at center back in the past two years, and he's the kind of guy who needs games to. I mean, he's versatile, but if he if he hasn't played much at all in two years at the position. Are you really going to throw him out there? No, no way. You know you can't do it. Uh, you can't do it. So in he, a pinch, he, you gotta, like you said, in a pinch. No, if you have well, to. Well, that yeah. no, there is this, there is no pinch. That's why you bring four center backs. That's why every pick matters. That's why even your fourth center back, it's absolutely vital. You pick the right guy because there's a good chance you're going to need him. Uh, all right, we're spending way too much time on the back line. We got to move up to the attackers. Uh, Clint Dempsey, Ivis, uh, had his moments eh, largely ineffective. Josie Altador, largely ineffective. I mean. Very unfortunate to see both of these guys who, you you know, you're kind of hoping that they could really carry this team just kind of go out there and really produce nothing between the two. And I don't think either of them had a shot on target or even a shot on goal to be or even a shot to begin with at all. Uh, well, Josie had a header. That was no, that's high. right. That went over. I think that was like the 16th uh, minute. But other than that, I don't think they had anything else. Though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think early in the game, Josie Altador had some nice touches. He, he moved well. He had some mm-hmm. good. He had some good movement there. But the, again, the 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 it, the the team stagnated, and it really hurt them that that they're the two guys in the middle, Jones and and Kleshton, couldn't get the ball. They couldn't get the, they couldn't get any possession. So if those guys can't get any possession, uh, as important as it is for those guys to get the ball and circulate the ball, if you're Clint Dempsey, you're having to drop, you're having to go all over the field to try and get the ball. And 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 Dempsey was able to get the ball, 
But a lot of times he'd be in he'd be in positions where there's no one moving. Mm-hmm. There's no one uh you know showing for the ball. And 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 credit to Ukraine. Like there were several times when when he set up for passes and they would block the passes. Or he'd set up for the shot and they'd block the shot. So, you know, part of that you could say is Clint Dempsey still kind of not being 100%, not not being fully sharp. Uh but I think I tell you what, for me in the first half, Kleshton and Jones uh, just not mm-hmm. helping on the possession side, and Fabian Johnson as well. It's not. He, it's not like Fabian Johnson uh, was lighting it up either. He was pretty anonymous in the first half. Well, as he well. was also forced to play defense a lot. I mean, there were numerous times when he was further behind Edgar Castillo. I noticed. <laughs> well, because Edgar Castillo was like on the <laughs> other end line. I mean, I'm, I'm looking like, and I'm like, I'm like, why is Fabian Johnson defending on the touchline? And I'm like looking around for Castillo, and he's like ten yards up the field. I'm like, what? What is he doing? I tell you what, a good drinking game for the for the, a good drinking game for US Ukraine. Would be drink every time you see Edgar Castillo jogging back on defense as the t- opponent is attacking. I mean, I can't. I can't remember how many times no. I saw him kind of tracking back, completely beaten, and watching someone <laughs> casually walking. A, yeah, watching some watching a Ukrainian winger running at the defense, and it's like, whoops, I got beat again. Sorry, guys, I'm on a stroll here, and it's like, oh God, what is going on there? But. Again, I'll digress. Clint Dempsey, did he have a good game? No. But uh, you know what? The way everything was going, uh, you know, I, I mean, he had – like you can tell the ideas are there. Mm-hmm. You can tell the things that he wanted to do were there. But he was just he was just a tad off. And, yeah. and I know people are just feeding and feeding and feeding the Clint Dempsey is out of form uh, storyline. And you know what? Yawn. You look at the results. You look at the results. You know what? It's true. The guy, he ha- he hasn't produced – uh, in, in quite some time now, but uh, like you, he's your, he is your guy, he is your guy, and, and he needs to shake out of it as well as some other guys need to shake out of it. But uh, if, it, it's not always as simple as yeah. Well, if we put another guy in, that guy all of a sudden will be Jadon or will be you know Messi or you know it's not, it, it's not always that simple. If we're two months into the MLS season, Dempsey's still struggling. Okay, okay, then 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 we can maybe hit the panic button. But I thought he moved pretty well today, and look. The whole purpose of him going to Fulham was not to go over there and score 10 goals. If he did that, that that was awesome. But the point was to get in shape for the season. That was the idea. Uh, look, we're being too negative here, Ivis. Let's try to be positive. Bedoya? I thought Bedoya had a pretty good game. He almost had a goal if that wasn't saved on the line. And, I mean, look, Bedoya just continues to impress. And, and look, Bedoya's a good player. And there should be, without a doubt, that he's going to Brazil. Well, he's a, he was the man of, he was SBI's man of the match. And as much as, I, uh, as, much as some U.S. fans were... We're we're all over that talking about how that's like being the tallest midget or, or all, you know, all, you know, all this stupid stuff. But uh, but well, look, you know what? There, there's someone who is the tallest midget. Listen, so he hustled. <laughs> he 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 was active. He combined. He had the he, he his shot actually was Johansson who had his shot clear off the line. Bedoya had the one shot that went just wide. Yeah. Uh, oh and, and, no! I thought he, he had active. he had one like five minutes before. I thought when he when he chested it inside the box. Was that Johansson, or did Johansson have one too? Yeah, it was blocked, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't saved off the line. It wasn't really. But anyway, he was active. <laughs> he, he he was all over the field, and 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 I'm gonna you know one thing. Obviously, you were gonna hear from people after this game mm-hmm. was why isn't Aaron Johansson starting? Why isn't Aaron Johansson on the field? Why isn't a guy who's got 25 goals in all competitions in the Netherlands not getting on the field? And, and, and I'm gonna break it down for you. I'm gonna break it down for you. You have to think about. The opponent, that the opponents that you're going to play, and you have to think about the strengths that the, uh, that every player brings to the table, and, and and we're not just talking one strength. Now, Aaron Johansson, he is a dangerous player. 
he he is someone who can create chances. He can, he can score goals. But if you're committed to not playing a four two, and this is Klinsman's Klinsman is not playing a four four two as much as he'll show it in the second half of games. Doesn't seem like he's ever going to make it their first choice formation. But if you're not going to play him, and you're uh, you know, can you play him as a center forward? target forward you can't do it that's not his that it's not his game uh he does it in at az but you know in the netherlands there's just not that pressure on this on the target forward as there are in other leagues and has and as there are in international competition he's absolutely a second forward or you could play him wide uh but ask yourself this is he gonna def- if, if you're no. playing ghana is he going to defend? No. Is he going to cover ground? Is he going to track back? He's going to put pressure. That's not his thing. His thing is that is is that he can attack. He he can do that. He can combine, but he doesn't have the whole package. He doesn't have that part of his game where he has that engine that he can get up up and back. Uh, and you need that. That that is absolutely vital. And that's why I think a guy like Bedoya has a very good chance of starting because that guy's got the engine to get up and down. He can help your attack. He can mm-hmm. track back defensively. He's honest. He gives you everything. He gives you everything. And and that's why I think he has a good chance to start. And I know a lot of people look at the players in the pool and they say Landon Donovan, Graham Zuzzi, uh, Aaron Johansson. You, know, you just look at them and look at their highlights and you say these guys should be the guys that are on the field. But you have to look at how they fit as a team and how that team can fulfill all the duties that you need them to fulfill against a tough opponent. And you need you need guys who are going to do the dirty work. You can you need the guys mm-hmm. who are going to go box to box. The guys who are going to hustle. The guys who are going to run everything down. And, and is Aaron Hansen that guy? I don't think he's that guy yet. But he's a guy you can absolutely bring off the bench. He's a guy you could bring in against a weaker yep. opponent. Uh, he's a guy who you know game three if 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 Josie Altador is suspended or mm-hmm. if someone's injured, absolutely yes. Then you get him on the field. Yeah. But for now, is he someone you have to start? I am not sold on that, but I think he, as I've said for a while, he is going to play a role in the World Cup. Absolutely, he's going to see playing time. He will start at least one match, in my opinion, at least one, maybe two. But is he the guy that you need against Ghana in at, at the first minute of that match? And what's going to be an absolute, just, just you know, knockdown, drag out fight? I don't think so. I don't think he's ready to be that guy. I agree with you on that. But, but look, Bedoya recovers well. He recovers as well as anyone. And he, he helps on defense all the time. And that, that's the other thing. When we saw that with Fabian Johnson, you have you have to play both ways in this system. You can't just be up top, you know, chilling like Ronaldo and totally zone and not have past the halfway line. That's ridiculous. The one thing I'll take from this game, though, I've said I was I was a little disappointed in was the fact of how largely ineffective so ineffective excuse me so many players were and how late it took Jurgen to go to his bench to bring on guys like Danny Williams and Juan Agadello who came in at the very end of the game. Yes, Breck Shea did come in and play a significant number of minutes, but he was largely ineffective. I mean, I was looking forward to seeing, you know, what Juan Agadello could do, what Danny Williams could do, and they didn't play that much or I mean, why did even Jonathan Spector get in the game? I mean, come on, what's up with that? <laughs> Did he even dress? I think he dressed. But, I, okay, I'm joking about that. But I'm serious about Danny Williams and Juan Agadello. I mean, I would have loved to see them in there. Or even Terrence Boyd. 20, 25 minutes. I mean, five minutes for Juan Agadello? That's the, I, I want to see something. Well, look, you got you to gotta consider a few things. First, how are these guys looking in training, right? Did Agadello impress in training or did he not impress in training? Number one. Number two, it's not about the result. So it's not. So you can't look at it and say, oh, they should have subbed earlier. Uh, you know, whatever he it was clear he wanted to give certain guys a full opportunity. 
So for that reason, that's why he didn't pull these guys at halftime. That's why he didn't drop take Kleshin out at halftime or Castillo out at halftime. He was going to give them their full opportunity to show what they can do. And again, like this, and as much, and you can also talk about oh, and if you're talking a real game situation, you're not going to necessarily do halftime subs. You're not going to yank guys out at halftime. You have, you know, you got to be careful with your subs. But um, I mean, I do agree with you. I would like to have seen more Danny Williams. Uh, I, w- I, I would. I wish I saw more of Danny Williams' hair. Actually, that's what I, saw. I wish I saw more of. <laughs> There you go, man. You can find it on. You can Google it. I know. Google image. Google images. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I, I I agree that I would like to have seen more of those guys. But at the same time, I under, I could understand why he was doing it. Why he he was giving the giving some of those guys some more rope, some more of an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to show what they can do. And uh, you know what? The second half was better. The second half was better. The U.S. team played much better in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second goal really kind of came against the run of play. Uh, and it's unfortunate because you know if they get that if they get an equalizer, uh, if they get a one one and they were close a couple times getting one one if they get a one one, I mean who knows how the game ends up and and who knows how how that that kind of sparks things with them. So you know if I'm looking at the way things played out, I agree. I would like to have seen both those two guys, but I understand why Klinsman didn't bring them in sooner. Yeah, well. Lots to take from that game. I was, I mean, look, I definitely think the big winners from that game were uh, Michael Bradley, Matt Beasler, Omar Gonzalez, Landon Donovan, all the guys who did not play. Well, I mean, they're not winners, but I mean, <laughs> they're not. But if, if anything, it reminds us how important they are. It reminds us how how just <laughs> you can't you can't replace Michael Bradley. There is no there's such a drop off that it's it's unbelievable and. It shows you how important Matt Beasler is. There's no one like him. There's no one else like him. He is absolutely – you want to talk about lock starters? I mean, he he's a lock starter, and it's because of that very fact because you're not going to play uh, Gonzalez and Goodson together at center back against you know some of these teams in this group mm-hmm. uh, or or any of those guys within Onyewu. I mean, Beasler is absolutely, absolutely vital. If you want to talk about penciling in, in guys, you got Bradley, you got Beasler, you got Howard. Uh, you probably got Jones, uh, and uh, and I think Dempsey starts. I think Dempsey starts. Although, hey, if he struggles for Seattle, mm-hmm. if uh, if he can't score, he can't set set goals up. Then yeah, you're gonna have to ask questions. He'll be on the team, guaranteed. I think for me, healthy, guaranteed, he's on the team. But if he could, if he struggles for two more months, then Klinsman's gonna have to ask some questions. Well, I definitely think it shows how much more talent there is in Major League Soccer now. We're missing all those guys. Think about that. Uh, yeah, you could say that. Well, yeah, you know, I uh, I, I did say it. Ivis, all right, uh, we need to put a bow on this. Like I said, time to talk MLS Western Conference preview. Before we get into that, we're going to take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are. John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st. All right. Well, Ivis, now it begins. It's the SBI Western Conference Preview Show. Uh, We did the Eastern Conference Preview in the previous show, uh, episode 118. So if everyone wants to listen to that, they can take a listen to, uh, to that episode to hear the Eastern Conference Preview Show. Uh, hey, hey, yeah. Episode one one eight. What is that? What is that like? Your is that your like gang affiliation? The one one eight? No, uh, it's repping, episode. Repping oh, I guess I should have said episode one eighteen. I could have said that or one hundred eighteen. Right. I didn't know what it was. I thought it was an Arizona thing. Maybe you know? no. The Arizona is the four eight zero. 
represent uh-huh. PHX. You know what I'm talking about. I'll, te- I'll, I'll teach you all about this. When you get out of here for the U.S. game against Mexico, you, you can fit in. You know, we don't want you know to, we don't want you to stick out like you know some Jersey visitor or anything <laughs> like that. I'm bringing all my Jersey swag, with me, all, <laughs> my, all my gear. That Jersey hat. Oh, I'm bringing all of it. No, I'm then I'm going to be, then I'm fine. Then I'll be Arizona blinged out. We'll have a competition. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> blinged out? What is that? What do you have, a cactus with you? What are you going <laughs> to? Yeah, I'll, I'll carry around a, a saguaro in one hand, a some barrel cactus shoes. in the yeah. other one. I have my bolo tie, some cowboy I picture, boots. I picture, you, I picture you in pink shorts with some some boat shoes. Uh, and pink a shorts? Down. Why pink shorts? And a, and a, I don't know. Like pink, like, the, you know, like kind of, you know. Cargo pink. Ooh, cargo. cargo? Ooh, no, 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 no. Cargo is so out of style, man. That's that's so high uh, school. Come on, you got to get with the game here, Ivis. <laughs> all right. <laughs> this this fashion moment. You buy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. <laughs> I don't know why I think this is funny. Um. All right. We we got to start the Western Conference preview, Ivis. Uh, the way it's going to work is we did it on the previous show, episode 118, not 118. We're going to start from the bottom, work our way to the top. These are the teams heading into the season that we think uh, just, just you know, it's based off the players that they added, previous results from last season, so on and so forth, stuff like that. So the Western Conference, as we know, has nine teams. The number nine team in the Western Conference that you have down, Ivis, I also have them down as well, Chivas USA. Looks like things aren't going to be changing much for them last season. I shouldn't say that. They will. Chivas USA will be much improved from last year but um probably not enough to compete for a playoff spot this year right i mean as much as you know the 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 changing of the guard over there having the new owner getting rid of jorge vergata that is big for that organization even though who knows what their team's going to be named next year who's going to own it next year for right now uh just getting rid of vergara is such a big step for them but and and they've made some nice additions but they have so much to they have so much of a mess to clean up that it's going to take more than the pickups that they've made to climb up into mm-hmm. the conversation for the playoffs. I, I honestly believe that. Uh, you know, Mauro Rosales, good pickup. Yep. I think he's going to do well. Uh, Bofo Bautista has had an outstanding preseason. He looks motivated. He looks fit. He looks like he wants to play. Uh, and if he and if he can continue to do the things that he did in the preseason, do them in the regular season, I mean, there's a possibility they could do well. Uh, then you have Luke Moore as well as a forward. Uh, their new president Nelson Rodriguez uh, was was talking about Eric Torres and that they think they'll try to keep him beyond uh, the January uh, June you know period when he was supposed to go back. So things are looking up there. Things are looking up there. But I just think when you think of the Western Conference, I mean, I just don't see them as a playoff team, and I still see them behind every other team in the West. We well, also missed out. They also brought in Andrew uh, Jean Baptiste too. I mean, that's a nice little pickup right there. Look, Chibis USA brought in some nice pieces. It's not going to be enough to complete for a playoff spot, though. There's just there's just no way. I mean, you know, Dan Kennedy's coming back. Look, Chibis USA is going to be vastly improved. There's no way they're going to be as bad as they were last year. There's just, there's well, just no I, I find it interesting. Uh, uh, Dave Durr, who's a uh, you know former former Dallas Burn coach, uh, f- former I think he's well you know what he might still be the Colorado Rapids goalkeeper coach. Uh, he on Twitter he 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 tweeted something that he 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 has them going to the playoffs. He has them making the playoffs, which I think is pretty bold uh, prediction. But mm. I think part of that's also the fact that he's pretty tight with Wilmer Cabrera. So you know from that standpoint, you know uh, maybe he's maybe he's picking with his heart there. But if they make the playoffs, that I mean, Wilmer Cabrera would you can give him the you can give him coach of the year right now. If Chivas USA 
gets to the playoffs. Yeah. Book it. He is your coach of the year if they make the playoffs. Uh, they brought in some nice people. I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they'll go out and add some more. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Like it's it's look the, the West. The thing is with the, the East, as we said, you and I discussed last show. The East is really hard to predict this year. It's going to be really difficult. The team that finishes last in the East is going to be a very very good team. The West, you kind of have your top four teams, and after that. You know, it could go either way. I don't look. You know, some results. I mean, we've seen this last year. Ivis, where some teams step up and they do well. But you know, we have Chivas USA as the number nine, moving up a spot. Ivis, we have the San Jose Earthquakes filling in as the number eight spot. Um, you know, they they really didn't go out and and really didn't improve their their roster this past off season. You know, San Jose, it's it's unfortunate, man. It's they did change their crest, and I think it looks cool. To me, that that was the highlight of their off season. Uh, yeah, you know, well, no, Tommy, I'll tell you what, Tommy Thompson, the homegrown player that they picked up, I mean, that kid's, kid's got a bright future. I mean, he, he's got some serious, serious talent. Uh, so that, from that standpoint, that's a nice addition for them. Uh, San Jose's, they're a tough one, you know, because, I mean, I know some people are big on them. Uh, I know some people see them as, as a, as a playoff team. Mark Watson did a good job at the end of the year with them. Uh, they've got a solid defense. They're going to have Clarence Goodson for a whole year. And he looked good uh, last year. It looked very good for them yeah, last year. Yeah, so you over. know what? They should they should be able to compete. Like they, it wouldn't shock me if they're in the playoffs, but I don't know. I you know, I just when I look at the other teams that are there, I think other teams did better than they did in the offseason. Uh, you know, just as far as the moves that they did. I mean, obviously they they, they got rid of Justin Morrow, Stephen Betashore, Rafael Baca, uh, Marvin Chavez, and and I don't know. I don't know if they did enough. Well, uh, to to add add the pieces they needed to make up for that. Well, the, I guess the thing the thing that kind of when, when I look at uh, San Jose is is it's, it kind of reminds me of the the DC, DC United. And we talked about this yesterday. Who's going to be scoring goals for them other than Chris Wondolowski? When you look at their roster, I mean, is there anyone else that you can sit there and go, okay, well, you can pencil him in for ten goals? I mean, Stephen Lenhart, c- could you say ten goals? Yeah, could he do that? Yes, possibly. Is he going to? I don't know. Alan Gordon. Coming off the bench again, that was a fluke season. He's probably not going to do it again. I mean, San Jose, they're going to have to play tough defense this year because teams are going to find ways to box out Chris Wondolowski like they did last year. And San Jose is going to, I think, struggle this year to score goals. I think they're going to really struggle. I, I agree. I agree with you. I, I think, you know, I don't know. I they, they play they play a pretty ugly brand of soccer. I mean, there's no other way to say it. And and when you when you don't really play uh, a kind of an effective system. That that can guarantee you chances, can guarantee you possession. Uh, you rely you rely too much on on, on I don't want to say luck, but you know it can't just be you know it, they have this reputation obviously of playing smash ball mm-hmm. the, and and you know just hoofing the ball up, Len Hurd heading it down, Wondolowski running onto it. That's pretty much their game. That's their game, right? But uh, so I think they're a little I think they're a little predictable, and, and I think I don't think they did enough. Uh, to improve their midfield, I don't think their midfield is, is dynamic enough to compete with the top teams in the league. Their defense, their center backs are quality. Oh, Bernardo's yeah. Goodson, one of the best center back tandems in the league, mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Uh, we got to see what those fullbacks are going to bring. The one, uh, the you know, the, is have the, how much did they lose by parting ways with Morrow and Betashore? I think they're going to be tough. I think those guys are going to be tough to replace. So. Uh, you know, people who still talk about the supporter shield again, remember, you know, I don't know. I mean, for San Jose fans, they probably won't see it this way, but everything went right for San Jose in 2012. Yeah. I mean, every single game, it seemed they'd find a way to pull it out late. 
they'd get a late goal and stoppage time. It, it, and it happened over and over and over and over. And credit to them, they they, they put themselves in position to, to do those things. They earn those points, but you just can't expect that to be to work all the time. And it, it obviously didn't work last year. Now we're going to see this year under Watson if he's really going to do something about their system. If he can, if he's going to do something about making them less predictable. If he's going to do something about uh, having them play a better brand of, of soccer, or if they're just going to stick to the to just that physical long ball soccer, Steven Lenhart battering ram, Alan Gordon battering ram, Chris Wondolowski picking up the pieces. Uh, I don't know, man. I just well, don't see it. I just don't see them having enough. In 2012, Wondolowski, Alan Gordon, I'm sorry, sorry Chris Wondolowski, excuse me, Alan Gordon, Steven Lenhart, I mean, obviously they combined for 50 goals. There's no way those guys are going to get half of that this year. Right. Right. There's no way. I mean, and, they, it, it, they, and the thing is, do they add enough quality pieces around the, around what they have? I look without a doubt, they're gonna have they're gonna have they're, like you said, Gonzalez and Bruderman are gonna be Clarence. Excuse me, Clarence Goodson. Their back line is gonna be gonna be really strong. Just the, they're gonna have to grind out one zero two to one games every single week if they're gonna want to make the playoffs. That, that's what San Jose is gonna have to do. Can they do that for the whole season? We'll find out. Yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, we will. I mean, let's just look at their squad, right? I mean, on the wings, there, there's some question marks. Shea Salinas is going to start on the left. Uh, are you going to play Atiba Harris on the right? I mean, even though he's kind of more of a central player, but mm-hmm. you don't really have uh, someone you can go to, or unless you go with Tommy Thompson. I mean, Tom, I mean, I, is he ready? I mean, I, I don't know. I tell you what, I would put stock. I would buy stock in that kid because that kid, I think he's going to be a star. Uh, at, at, at he's going to develop into a quality player for them. But again, the style of play that he plays, like he's a real technical player. He goes at people. Uh, I don't know if San Jose is the best fit for him. I don't know if it's going to be a place that really showcases what he can give you. But maybe, you know what, maybe he earns a start. Maybe he gets on the field, put him on the right, let him run at people, give them a little different element because they don't really have dynamic players on the wings. So for me, they're a flawed team. They're a flawed mm. team. Uh, moving up to the number seven team you have in the Western Conference, Ivis. I mean, come on, look, Oscar Pereja can't just you know him leaving can't drop the Colorado Rapids down out of the playoffs. I mean, look at all the talent they have returning, and you got to expect these all these young guys are going to keep improving. I mean, Colorado's not going. You don't you don't see them being that being that good this year. Who's their coach? Uh, Pablo, Pablo, my boy, my boy from Arizona, dude, Pablo Mastrani, man. That, that's what I'm talking sure? about. Are you sure about that? They haven't hired anybody yet. Well, he's he's the coach, man. He's from Arizona. Actually, you I'm know what? Saying, He'll take care of business. They haven't there. even hired a coach. They haven't even given the guy the job. And it's it's the season. The, the MLS season starts in two days, three days. They haven't hired him yet. Uh, so I, I don't know, man. I just think their front office, like, it hasn't been a good offseason for those guys. You know what I mean? Well, like, they haven't I, really I, brought I, anyone just, in. Right, so I mean, I don't know. Like, I I see where you're where you're coming from about the young team thing, but you know what? Young teams can regress. Young team, young young teams can take a step back, and I think that's going to happen to them. I really think that's going to happen to them. And there is a drop off between from an Oscar Pereja who put his years in as an assistant coach and who and, and who you know learned you know got the head coaching job. He's a quality coach. And now you go with a, a Pablo Mastromani who just doesn't have that experience. You know, like it, 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 it it's funny because you get so many coaches, so many coaches now who, who are giving are being given jobs with no real head coaching experience. Mm-hmm. And, and because some of them work out, you think they're all going to work out. And it's just not a given. And with a team like this, not to say Pablo Mastromani won't end up being a good coach, but you can't assume it. You can't assume that he is just going to wave a magic wand, show up, blow a whistle. He is all turns into – 
Bruce Arena Jr. It's not going to happen. It's not that simple. And I think, you know, for me, uh, I think they're going to take a step back. They have talent, no doubt about it. Mm -hmm. They have the talent to be a playoff team. They have a talent to be uh, again, they were the number five team last year. Let's not let's not act like they, you know, were this juggernaut. I mean, they were pretty, you know, think of just look at the standings from last year. They were really close to not making the playoffs. And that's with all those guys playing so well, all those young guys stepping up for them. So dropping them from where they finished last year to where we have them here, it's not that big a drop off. It's so, three points. And, <laughs> right, exactly. So if you think about what a, a diff- what the difference that a good coach can make, and I think Oscar Pereira is a good coach. For me, that is why you got to drop Colorado because they're going to miss him. They're going to miss him. They're going to miss Wilma Cabrera, uh, who was Pereira's assistant. Now both those guys have head coaching jobs in MLS. So the pressure's on Mastroeni. And you know what? If he ends, if he gets the job, and I, I mean, I think he's going to get it. He has to get it right at this point. But if he gets the job and they struggle, they don't make the playoffs, you got to stick with the guy, right? Because, yep. I mean, What'd you expect from a first-year coach with no real experience? So that's why I, I, I really, I really think they're going to take a step back. And uh, you know what? Hey, if they prove me wrong, they prove me wrong. But uh, I just think other teams got better. Well, the other thing is, I mean, Colorado did lose, you know, Henry Thomas, who was very good for them last year. But I guess the thing is, I guess you have to remain optimistic that guys like. Uh, you know, Dylan Powers is going to continue to improve. You know, Chris Clute, you know, a guy Ivis like him, you know, that's a guy that that has a lot of potential. Shane O'Neill, Clint Irwin, Deshaun Brown. You know, the thing is, Colorado has a lot of nice pieces, a lot of young guys to work around. You know, maybe they can try to fit the way Sporting Kansas City kind of built those young guys up into what they have now. But you're right. I mean, without a coach, it's it's going to be interesting. And you're also going to have to hope that Gabby Torres has a good year for them this year and Vicente Sanchez. I mean, you got to hope that both of those guys are going to be ballers for them up top, and that that might be that might be too much of a tall task. I'll put it, I'll put it like this: I, Could they finish fifth and, uh, again? Could they end up in the playoffs as the fifth seed in the West again? Absolutely. I don't think the different when you want to talk about them, FC Dallas and Vancouver, those teams are all pretty close. Yeah. you could put them in a hat, pull out any name you want, put them in any order, and 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 you 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 can be not that far off. Four, the five, six, seven in the West. Uh, any of those teams could end up there. So for me, if Mastroeni, uh proves to be an effective coach, if he proves to be kind of a savant, and and even though he doesn't have the experience, he 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 still gets he figures it out. It clicks for him. He finds a way to get the most out of this Colorado team. Then yes, absolutely, pencil pencil them in at number five. But for me, for right now. I gotta have him at number seven. Uh, moving up to the number sixteen, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Ivis, is, is this the year that we see Darren Maddox and Omar Salgado just tear it up? Is this the year when it all finally clicks for those two players? I don't know, man. It, it, it's tough to say. It's tough to say. I mean, just looking at how things are going in the preseason, I don't even think I don't even think uh, Salgado dressed in the last preseason game, so I don't know where he stands now. I really had him pegged a bit to, to have a breakout season, but uh, you know what? It, it's tough to say what's going on. Uh, the big loss for them, obviously, Camillo. That's a huge yep. loss for them. The Golden Boot winner. It was an ugly scene. The, whole, uh, the way the whole thing played out. Even though now that you know, Kurt Queretaro, the team that he went to, is all in all sorts of financial you know ruin, and, and he's not being paid. It's almost like you know, there's a little karma at, at work there. But again, that's still a big, big, big loss. Twenty plus goals. How do you replace that? Right. It's not easy. But then you also have to look at YP Lee. The right back who retired, the South Korean, legendary South Korean player. It's a big loss for them. So 
Uh, how do you make up for those two losses? And you weren't even a playoff team with those guys. So they went out. They, they, they you know, they picked up some guys. They went and got a Stephen Betashore, yep. which I gotta say, I thought that was a steal for them to go get a player like that to help replace YP Lee. Huge, huge pickup for them. Uh, but then obviously the new attackers that they brought in, Nicholas Mesquita, Sebastian Fernandez. You know, those guys are looking like they're gonna start for Vancouver, and and uh, you know, they're they're quality players. So the Maddox. And Omar Salgado may mm-hmm. not get on the field, so you know they, they've got. It's going to be up. It's going to be up to. Um, it's going to be up to Carl Robinson. But the reason I actually have them this high up is because of the pickups that they made in, in the midfield. Oh yeah, uh, which Matias Laba to go get him from Toronto. I like him as a player. I think he's a very very good defensive midfielder. And partner him with Nigeria Coker. That's a good base right there. That's that's you put those two guys. They're going to clean up a lot of. They're going to clean up a lot of messes there. And now they've went and signed Pedro Morales, uh, the playmaker, uh, formerly of Malaga. So I think when you look at that triangle in the middle, if they're playing that those three guys in a four three three, I think they're going to score goals. I think they're you know they, I don't think they're going to miss Camilo. I think they're going to score goals. Yep. You're going to get something out of Darren Maddox. You're going to get something out of Kakuta Mane as well. Don't forget about him because he's oh, an electric he, player. He he came on at the end of last year. He was exactly. money so, for them. So so for me. You know they they they're a dangerous team. Are they going to be consistent? That, that see, that, that's the see? question. That's the question with Vancouver. If they can be consistent, Ivis, they could be a very good team. But the problem is well, that's the inconsistency. The last two years have killed them. Just there's some games but, they right. look amazing. That, Other games you're like, oh geez, turn it off, turn off the TV. <laughs> well, much like Colorado, I, I'm I'm discounting them because of the coaching situation. Carl Robinson. Great, great guy. One of the nicest guys you meet. One of the most classiest pros to ever come through MLS. Mm-hmm. But he's still a bit of a – he's a novice coach. He's never been head coach before. So he's going to have to learn, right? He's going to have to learn on the job. So that for, from that standpoint, uh, you know, he, he's – just same thing, thing as I just said with Colorado and Paolo Mascherini. If Robinson figures, figures it out, if he figures out the right group to put on, on the field, and if he, uh, you know, if he can get those guys motivated – Vancouver could be for me. If you want to talk about a team that surprises, a team that mm-hmm. uh, is like the New England of last year, Vancouver could be that team. I could definitely could see that. And, and we didn't. We mentioned two guys we did not mention. I really, really like Gershon Kofi. I, I think he is a fabulous player. He, he's 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 on the bench right now, but he's a young player, really good. We also didn't mention Jay Demerit's back for a whole season. Hopefully, he doesn't get injured. And I think having Jay Demerit coming back for them is going to be big for them in the back line. Absolutely. I mean, they, they you know they missed his leadership, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, but you know he's he's not a, he's not he's not a kid, spring chicken anymore. Uh, you want to see how he, you want to see how he holds up. But again, his job's going to be made a lot easier by having Rio Coker and Matias Laba in front. And, and, and mind you, these these last three teams that we mentioned: Colorado, uh, San Jose, and the Vancouver Whitecaps. I mean, only three points separated these three teams between that fifth spot in the Western Conference. That Colorado did eventually win. So all three of these teams last year that, that we have them kind of in this bunch group right here. I mean, look, they were all so tight last year that, I mean, you know, a goal here, a bounce there, you know, we could have seen Vancouver in the playoffs instead of Colorado. So, I mean, the thing is, like you said, I mean, these teams, they're all so close to each other in terms of talent, potential, what they could bring and all that. I mean, the West, it's 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 going to be tight with these three teams competing for that playoff spot. And, and another team that's going to be competing for that spot FC Dallas, Ivis, you have them at five. Finally, you're giving D- the big D some love. Good for you, man. <laughs> well, look, 
they've made some really in, uh, interesting pickups, especially in the attack. Uh, David Teixeira, Andres Escobar, and Henry Thomas. Those three guys, for me, they went and addressed specific needs, right? They needed a player like Henry Thomas. They needed some bite in the middle. They needed someone who's going to boss things in there, who's going to make things difficult for opposing playmakers. That's something that they lacked. That's something that they didn't have last year. Now they have that. And they needed some more dynamism up top. They needed some more forwards. Blas Perez has obviously gotten it done for them, but they they haven't had last year. The guy, the other guys they brought in just didn't get the job done. So, uh, you know, you know Hosley, Kenny Cooper, they, they didn't get the job done. Now, if these guys prove to be as good as advertised, all of a sudden their attack could be very dangerous because they've got some nice pieces there. Uh, the player who's gonna who's gonna really have to step up step up for them is Mauro Diaz, a guy who showed some things late in the year for them. If he can be a creator for them, then watch out. FC Dallas could absolutely get some things done. Uh, There's some question marks there, no doubt about it, but I think for me, Pereja, I think Pereja's going to do a great job with those guys. I I think he he knows that team, he knows that organization, he knows some of the young players, because again, he was the he was there, I believe, the academy director at FC Dallas, so he he knows, knows, some of these players he's known when they were very young. So I think he's someone who can get a lot out of this team. And look, no offense to no offense to Shellis Heinemann, but I think it, all I ever heard out of out of Dallas and all I ever heard from the people I talked to out of Dallas was that he wasn't necessarily the best coach, the best the best tech, tactician, uh, someone who could really really put teams in a good position to win. Uh, and and so he struggled and they struggled. Obviously, they got to the MLS Cup final in 2010, but beyond that, they were really disappointing. So I think Pereja gives you an upgrade in that regard. So I think from that standpoint, that's why I really like you. I really like FC Dallas to end up in the playoffs. Dallas is going to be an interesting one, man, because a couple of guys, I mean, look, I guess, I guess you got to hope that, that Fabian Castillo can continue to improve. I mean, he kind of reminds me of Jackson, the guy that left, you know, lots of inconsistencies, lots of potential, but I mean, you got to hope that they play well. I mean, and then, and then when you look at their back line, George John, I mean, is he going to be healthy throughout the entire season? And, and, but the one thing that was really the bright spot for FC Dallas last year, Ro Fernandez, obviously he, he, immediately became a household name, a goalkeeper, one, one of the elite goalkeepers in the league last year. And I mean, you got to hope that he's going to be on top of his game this year too. Well, he's, look, he's someone who can make amazing saves. He's an acrobat. Uh, he's, uh, they call him Superman in, uh, in Peru. Um, but he, you know, is he the most technically sound goalkeeper? No, I wouldn't say that, but the guy can make some amazing saves and he can keep you in some games. So he's, you know, he's not, he's not, is he the best goalkeeper in the league? No. Is he the, is he in the top three? Not necessarily, but he's he's good. He's a good, solid keeper. Big issue for them is can George John stay healthy? He's already hurt. Mm-hmm. He's already hurt again. So going into the season, quite, is he going to be ready? Is he not going to be ready? Good thing for them is they've got Walker Zimmerman, who who I really like as a young mm-hmm. young center back, and I think he'll partner well with Matt Hedges. Who it's going to be a big year for Hedges. I think I think Hedges could. I think this could be a breakout year. For Matt Hedges, I know he had some struggles, especially late in the year. He had some own goal situations and some some unfortunate moments for him. But the talent's there, the quality is there. He he go he flies under the radar a bit, uh, you know, from his rookie year when I thought he was you know legitimate rookie of the year finalist, rookie of the year candidate. Uh, I think this could be a big year for him. And, and the other thing about FC Dallas that that I, I, I guess I'll, I'll remain optimistic on it is the fact that Blas Perez 
doesn't have to worry about World Cup qualifying. He doesn't have to go to Brazil. And I think having him for the entire season is going to really help Dallas out because there were times last year when he did look tired and, and they're going to need him to, to be a dominant force throughout the entire season this year. I think he can be. I think he could have a big year for them. And again, it's going to depend on some of those other pieces and how they play out and how they, you know, how they perform. Is Mauro Diaz ready to be the the, the man, be the playmaker? Uh, is Escobar as good as advertised? Is Fabian Castillo ready to kind of blow up and, and be this really, really dangerous guy who puts up big numbers? Is they, is you know David Teixeira? If he is he is he can he be kind of a ten goal guy? 10 to 15 goal guy. He scored at Groningen. He scored in the Dutch league. He, he, he showed he showed that he could score in that league. So, you know, there's some quality there uh, for, for him, but we'll see. It remains to be seen. I think Blasco Perez absolutely could have, you know, big year, 15-plus goals. Yeah, I mean, look, the, Dallas, when you look at them and you look at the guys that they have, you have to say, hmm, they, they could be really good, but you got to play the game, Ivis. That, that's the point, and look what happened last year. Uh, moving up, the, these, the, the next tier of teams is is kind of the, the top four, the, the big dogs in the Western Conference. The, fa- the, 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 fa- the, the Western Fab Four. Yes. I thought it was the Fab Five. Was no, it not the Fab Five? Was it the Fab Four? I don't know. It's a little, well, it's a little fab, that predates me, actually. Well, the well, the Fab Four, well, the Fab Four were the Beatles. <laughs> oh, the well, Fab yeah. Five was the Michigan college basketball team. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a little difference there, a little slightly little different. Yeah, I actually I didn't realize the Beatles. Okay, and, anyways, we, we 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 digress. Uh, the number four team in the West is the Seattle Sounders. Uh, Ivis, they, they go out, they, they you know, look, uh, they, they, they get rid of Eddie Johnson, Kenny Cooper comes in, he looks like he's going to be playing, but I, I think the main thing for, for the Seattle Sounders this year, and, and I think all Sounders fans are hoping for, is the fact that their players can be healthy, which means that they can all play together, versus last year where there was a lot of mixing and matching, and I think if, look, if Seattle, they can get all their players healthy and on the same page, look, Seattle's, they have the potential to be a very dominant team. Uh, well, it's not the same team. Number one, they they had a big, big, big shake up there. Uh, you, you can't you can't overlook that. So in a way, you really can't look at last year and say, oh, you know, they didn't do this last year. You know, they need to do it this year. It's a different team now. They got rid of Eddie Johnson. Uh, they got rid of C. Zakwani, John Kennedy Hurtado, Michael Sperning. Uh, pretty good laundry list of guys. Mar Rosales. Uh, so it's a big shake up. Shelby Joseph. So well, I guess and, when I, I I see the core still there, you know, Lonzo's still there, you know. Then you have Brad Evans, and I mean, and Obafemi Martins is back. I guess to me, Leo Gonzalez is there. You know, you still have some returning faces from last year. I guess I should I should have said it like that. Well, the big the big key for them is the in, integrating the new guys, integrating these. The, you know, Chad, you got Chad Marshall in central defense. Stephen Fry is your goalkeeper. Uh, is Kenny Cooper going to have a big year now? Because he's that big year, bad year, big year, bad year. Him and Dominic Aduro, you know, if you if you could get them on the same team and get them on the years that they're having, a, they're going to have a good year. I mean, they can score forty five goals between the two of them, right? But um, Kenny Cooper on this team, I tell you what, man, the guy could score some goals. Uh, but again, how those guys get integrated into the team? Marco Papa, let's not forget him. Now he's back in MLS. Uh, you know, Guatemalan. Uh, midfielder, real dynamic player. I think he's. I think he's a big pickup for them. So, how those guys get integrated? Jaleel Anibaba, who I, who I really like and who should get a chance now to play center back after being stuck at right back for a couple of years in Chicago. So, 
how those pieces fit together is going to go a long way in telling you how well they do. And obviously, yes, they do have to stay healthy, specifically Obafemi Martins, because that guy is pretty fragile. Everyone knew that when he came into the league, that he's had his injury issues, uh, and, and can he stay healthy? Uh, but they, they do need him to stay healthy. So if he can stay healthy and, they can, and he can give them 12 to 15 uh, and, and play 25-plus games, uh, they, they, they're right there. They're right in that conversation, top four, top three, I could have very easily put him third. And I think, you know what, I, I almost feel like I should have put him third, but for now I'll put no, him fourth. You're not allowed to put them third because, you know, my vote <laughs> you know, my vote carries a lot. Um the one thing about Seattle though that I'm I'm really looking forward to this year is to see uh what type of player Lamar Nagel can be because there were times where they played him out wide. He didn't score a lot of goals there, but when he was on top, he was scoring a lot of goals. And I think if you can if you compare him pair him up top with Obi Fabian Martins, I think Seattle could be dominant. Kenny Cooper I mean, is he going to be the player that played for FC Dallas that was largely ineffective, or is he the player that was for New York and scored 18 goals? You kind of don't know what you're going to get out of him because he's kind of he's, he's Kenny Cooper. He's a great player, but you know he's kind of all over the place sometimes. I, I want to see what Lamar Nagel could do for them this year. And, and look, Seattle's going to have some speed up top, some serious speed up top, and also having a healthy Clint Dempsey who's fit and in form should be the difference maker for Seattle. However, though, as we said. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens when the season starts here on Saturday. If Dempsey is going to be the Dempsey of old or the Dempsey that everyone just wants to hate on right now, right? Well, you know, it's not just their attack because look, their attack they actually have they almost have too many they have too many people as it is. I mean, when you think about all right, what is your starting lineup? Let's just let's just project it out, right? Uh, you go Obafemi Martins and uh, Lamar Nagel up top, mm-hmm. and then you go Clint Dempsey, Oswaldo Alonso in the middle. Yep. Uh, then you go Brad Evans on the right, Marco Papa on the left. Yes, right. That, that's a, that's a pretty that's dangerous pretty good. squad, and that's not even counting uh, you know Kenny Cooper. Nope, uh, finding a place for him. So that is a really impressive group. How the defense lines up, how the defense comes together is going to be the big question. And I tell you what, Chad, Mar- it, it, you know I haven't seen the projection on who's going to start. I mean they have Jimmy. I believe Jimmy Troyer's back. But if they if you go Chad Marshall Jaleel Anibaba, I think that could be a really good tandem. I, I really do. So if that if that if the defense can come together, if Le- I mean Leo Gonzalez had a really underrated year last year. He I think he was their defensive player of the year. He might have been, but he he had their he had a, a, a quiet quietly solid season for them. We all know about DeAndre Yedlin. He'll be a year older, a year more mature. Uh, you like you like to think he's going to improve. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle Seattle could absolutely win the West. They could, but for now, mm, there's so many new pieces there. I'm going to pencil him in at four. Well, that's true. Also, uh, on Wednesday, the Seattle Sounders also uh, agreed to contract with a former Mexican national team player, uh, Gonzalo Pineda Ivas, who, uh, who last played with uh, Chivas Guadalajara. Uh, nice little pickup for them right there to bring in a savvy savvy veteran. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it gives them good depth, and it, it shows that they've done a really good job of uh, of, of managing their salary cap. And, and obviously, you know, when, when you look at some of the moves that they made, uh, getting rid of Eddie Johnson, there was, that was a big step to to all of this. And that, and as much as you know, you could say, oh, they got rid of him because he was, you know, was he a bad locker room guy? They had to get rid of him, but they also had to get rid of him because. It just didn't fit in terms of improving the team, being able to improve the team. They had to shake that team up. They had to make changes, and they all, and and they so they had to get rid of a, a commodity. They had to they had to, you know. Sometimes if you need money, you got to pawn some stuff you 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 maybe would rather keep. But that's what they had. He had value. He had trade value. Mm-hmm. They got a ton of allocation money for him. 
and, and that's really helped them. That along with the Freddie Montero transfer, which I believe they got they, they, they got some good money out of that as well. So I think those two moves have helped them uh, build this team. And now this Pineda pickup, I think, is a really good, for, a really good one for them and their depth. And uh, tell you what, man, I might have to move them up. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna call it now with the Pineda pickup. I'm going to move Seattle up to number three. Reckless, because the team at number three, I clearly get this little bump for this team because, <clears throat> you know, I work for them. Uh, Real Salt Lake <laughs> as the number three. I was Real Salt Lake had a, a quiet offseason in terms of players that left and, and players that they brought in. I, I think the biggest thing for Real Salt Lake is is Jason Kreiss. What, what what are they going to be like with him not there? But I think Jeff Kassar, who, who's been under there, who knows the system very well, is going to be able to keep things going. The, the question is, is and, and we saw this last year, You know, everyone's like, oh, Real Salt Lake didn't bring in anyone. They didn't bring anyone again this year, too. Is it going to be enough for them, Ivis, to return pretty much the same team last year and be able to compete for that playoff spot in the West? I wouldn't say they didn't bring in anyone last year. I mean, they brought they brought back Robbie Finley. They brought in, uh, I believe they brought in Olmos Garcia last year. And they got, they picked up uh, Jao Plata off the scrap. That's yeah, true. I forgot. Jao Plata was money last year for them. <laughs> he turned out to be great. He was a great pickup for them. So uh, I, I like the fact that they, I mean, they they bring everybody back. All the top guys. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose any of their key pieces. And and they had a really good year last year. They played good soccer. Uh, obviously, they're getting older. They're getting older. And, and there's some questions about that and, and, and how... How how can they you know can they maintain the level that they played at? But I tell you what, having Chris Schuler for a full season, knock on wood, if he can stay healthy, having Luis Luis Gill a year older, mm-hmm. and having Omez Garcia uh, be a, a, you know acclimated to the league, more comfortable. Uh, a year older because he's a young player as well. Uh, I really like I really like Real Salt Lake's chances of, of 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 staying right in that mix, of staying in that conversation uh, uh, for the title contenders, and I think they they absolutely are. And look, Jason Christ, you know that's a loss. That's, there's no doubt about it. Uh, quality coach, you're gonna miss him. You're gonna miss the other assistant coaches that left there. Miles Joseph, who joined Christ at New York City FC. C.J. Brown, who who's who's gone back to Chicago. So from that standpoint, yes, they've shaken things up, but. As we've, as we know, Jeff Kassar has been a big part of that 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 coaching staff for a long time. The players know him. The players respect him. Mm-hmm. He understands the way they play. He's going to be able to keep a con- continuity there in that system. So for me, I think I think Kassar is going to do well. And, and I think the the guys like Luis Gill, Olmes Garcia, Chris Schuler. I think those I think those guys are going to step up and have big years. Well, going into the season, Chris Schuler will be injured, so that means the young Carlos Salcedo steps in. But but the thing is with Real Salt Lake, they have some nice young pieces, as we mentioned. Jao Plata, he's only 22. Devin Sandoval, I mean, look, how good was Devin Sandoval at the end of last year? Luis Gill, Carlos Salcedo. It, it's Real Salt Lake has that nice mixture of young and old. I, I guess the one thing is is you hope that when Beckerman, if he gets called up to the World Cup squad, and Nick Romando, I mean, you hope that it's not going to punish them too much in the summer months that's going to be the question right you know but i think they have some good depth there uh i think they'll be able to to handle that um they've they've been used to losing them in the past obviously they you know those guys have played in other tournaments they were in the gold cup last summer uh so they, they they know what that's about and and they have the depth and that's the thing that's so key right so key it's not just about building a good starting lineup you also have to build yourself a good bench. Mm-hmm. You have to get something out of your draft picks. You have to have uh, a, a productive uh, homegrown player signings. I mean, all that stuff. And and RSL is in that kind of elite class of teams 
that that gets it on multiple levels. And and I, I honestly, when I think about it, I, you got L.A., Sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake. I think those are the three teams that really get it and really have it figured out on all those fronts. And there and there's a reason why those teams are so good consistently. So I think Salt Lake's going to be right there. I think Luis Gill. I want to see Luis Gill, man. I think he's going to have a breakout year. I mean, he ste- he's gotten better every year. Every year he stepped it up, shown improvement. Every year he's taking on a bigger role, more important role. Uh, Javier Morales, hey, he's getting older. There's no doubt about it. I mean, everyone's getting older. He's but still he, a great player. He's, you know, still he's, a great he's player, up though. there. Quality, no doubt about it. Quality player. But I think Luis Gill, it's, you know, he's at a point where he can take on more responsibility. He can mm-hmm. take on a bigger role. He can impose himself. You know, he's put his years in now, three years as a starter. Like, he's ready, he's ready to be the guy. I, I, I really – I think he's on that verge of being ready to be the guy at ourselves. We also did not mention uh, Alvaro Saborillo, uh, Ivis, who'll also be going to the World Cup of Costa Rica too. So look, they'll, they'll be out with their three yeah. big guys. But well, I'm sorry, I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Saborillo, man, Saborillo's got to step it up. Now he he's productive, right? You yes. always look at his goal totals. He puts up the goals, but he's a guy who's very streaky. You know, he'll he'll put up some bit. He'll hit a hat trick against Chivas USA. <laughs> he'll be invisible against a stronger team. That there's some, you know, for me, there's some questions there. And hey, he scored a goal uh, in MLS Cup. Can't take it away from him. Nice goal, you know. He 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 can. He's a player, right? He can play, but I just feel sometimes he doesn't get it done against the top teams, and and doesn't isn't enough of a force on enough of a consistent basis. And he needs to be able to do that more consistently. Because I mean, let's be honest, like with the talent that he has and the quality that he has shown through the years, the guy should he should be. Without question, one of the leading goal scorers every single year in MLS. Like I think he has that ability. So it's been, it's important that he put in put his fifteen to eighteen goals this year, uh, you know, and do it against the better teams as well. Because in the West, when you're playing the Seattle's, the Portland's, uh, you know, the the LA Galaxies, you he's got to step up in those games. And 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 you know, I, I don't know if I've always seen him do that. Uh, well, Ivis, before we move on to the top two teams in the Western Conference, we're going to take a little break and hear a word from our sponsor. Do you know me? I'm the guy next door. Wife, child, mortgage. I'm just another face in the crowd. I'm just like you. I'm John Doe. John Doe's killing career criminals. Hero or villain. The punishment no longer fits the crime. Justice or vengeance. You decide. I'm not John Doe. You are. John Doe. Rated R. Starts Friday, March 21st. All right, we have finally made it. The top two teams in the Western Conference checking in. At number two is the LA Galaxy. Ivis, the, 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 the main pieces are back. You know, Landon Donovan, Robbie Keane signed a contract extension. Omar Gonzalez, you kind of have the, the three big pieces right there. But then the Galaxy, man, they, they went out and added some nice pieces. I mean, Rob Friend, I mean, he is a big boy. He's going to be playing up top for them. You also got to hope another year of Jazzy Zardis is going to look good for them. I believe you picked him as one of the best young players of the year last year. So, LA Galaxy, man, I mean, they're going to be having, they're going to be, once again, I mean, they're going to be a very tough team for, for other teams to, to deal with this, this year. Right. I think they're going to rebound. I think, they, I think they're, uh, I'm not picking them to win at all, but I think they're going to be right there in that conversation. The fact that they were able to upgrade in the forward position, uh, add a couple of quality forwards there, Rob, Rob Friend and Samuel, and then, and then addressing the, uh, the issues on the wing as well. I think, you know, look, they're going to miss Sean Franklin, no doubt about it. But I think I think AJ Del Garza can do a good job there, and I think that the, some of the center backs that they have uh, are good enough to help uh, step right in. I think Kofi Opari showed well. 
Tommy Myers showed well the year before that, and you know they had a, they drafted another good another good center back. Uh, Bruce Arena just keeps doing it. You know he keeps he keeps producing talent. He keeps drafting talent. They keep signing quality homegrown talent. Uh, they're going to be fun to watch. They have Robbie Keane and Landon Donovan, the dynamic duo. But you know, like you mentioned, Jossie Zardes. I think Jossie Zardes is going to have a big year for them. I think, and they, he could be the X factor that puts them over the top and helps them win a title. LA man, it's it's the, and the other thing is it's the Landon Donovan, the Robbie Keane show. I mean, they're going to score goals and they're going to dominate defenses. It's, it's as long as those guys are playing together, the Galaxy are always going to be a tough team to deal with, regardless of who they have around them, because those guys they they just make everyone around them so much better. Right. Well, last year I think they got a little predictable, where you kind of relied on them too much, and and they didn't just they didn't get enough production out of the uh, out of the other parts of the attack. Uh, obviously, obviously, Robbie Rogers didn't really get it done for them. Jossie, Jossie Zardes was still kind of growing as a player, and he, you know he he needed to mature. He he wasn't finishing his chances, so it, it became too much about Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane, and it, and, it, and it can't be that. Like you can't, it can't just be those two guys. So I think that you know Bruce Arena did a good job with some of these pickups, uh, and if those guys step up, if Samuel, Rob Friend, uh, it, it, the the Swedish uh, winger Shizaki. And Jossie's artists, if those guys can can give them the support they need, so they're not having to carry the load, mm-hmm. then the Galaxy absolutely are back in the title conversation. You know, the, the uh, actually no, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later on. Uh, the number one team, Ivis, in the Western Conference, your love affair continues is the Portland Timbers. Caleb Porter totally turns that team around, gets rid of some pieces that that really didn't fit what he was trying to do last year, brings them some pieces uh, that are going to work out well for him this year. I mean, he gets Steve Zakawani, a, a guy that he coached. Uh, at Akron, uh, you know, the, the, look, Portland man, it's just Caleb Porter has built a nice little thing there, and and they're uh, besides Kansas City. I mean, look, I, I think we could see them in, in the final against Kansas City easily. That's who I picked. Come on, man, why are you stealing my thunder? No, well, you know, why I gotta say thunder? something. So I mean, what do you want me to say? Well, here, here's the question: <laughs> Where do you have Portland finishing in the West? I have number one too. Right, well, I have the same thing. It was the top four. My my West, my West goes Portland, LA. <laughs> Actually, I'm sorry. My West goes uh, RSL, Portland. Kidding. It goes Portland, LA, RSL, Seattle. That's my West. Other than, and the other teams are just they're they're competing for five. Interesting. Well, look, getting back to Portland, uh, as good as they were last year, and they were they were right there. They were right there for the Supporter Shield. They had a huge turnaround under Caleb Porter. But now that he's had a year with that group, he's he's had a chance to really implement his system. Uh, and, and really get the group there to buy into his coaching methods, and now he's had another offseason to to, to kind of tinker, uh, you know, move some of the players that he didn't really f- see fitting in. Andrew Andrew Jean Baptiste, quality young center back, but you know really kind of not not the most technical player, not someone who really mm-hmm. worked well in their possession system that they they want to play. To move him along, and, and to go get a Norberto Paparato. Argentinian defender who's good, good technical defender, and then to go get Gaston Fernandez to help boost their attack. They they part they they said goodbye to Ryan Johnson, and they get Gaston Gata Fernandez, who is a dynamic, dynamic attacking player. And when you add him to that, and then you also have Steve's as, as you mentioned, Steve Zakawani. You don't know what you're going to get from him, but to get him reunited with Caleb Porter's big, and then to go draft Shilo Shuma, who fell to them, absolute steal of the draft uh, for him to fall all the way down to the Portland Timbers to get both those guys, especially after Rodney Wallace tore his ACL. Uh, it, it was, I mean, you want to talk about, I mean, Hey, Caleb Porter, 
I think he's got a four-leaf clover somewhere because the guy. I mean, that, that's pretty fortunate of him. I mean, you go, you lose a, you lose Rodney Wallace, and then you, then you're able to go get Steve Zakawani and Shiloh Shuma to address that. I mean, come on, that's huge for them. I think Gata Fernandez is big for them. And I tell you what, Max Rudy, Max Max Rudy, the Argentine mm-hmm. forward, formerly of Toronto FC, came late in the year for Portland. Showed some flashes. This guy is a player, folks. This guy could have a monster season. And I really, I really think he can do that because when you want to talk about him playing in front of Fernandez, Valeri, Nagby, I mean, th- all those pieces working around him, I mean, he can absolutely benef- benefit from it. He is a hard nosed player. He's someone who, he's that kind of forward that you love him if he's on your team, you hate him if he's on the other team. Uh, quality, quality player. I think he's, I think he's a guy who can have an absolute monster season. Well, I think another guy who can continue to, to improve is Darlington Nagby. I, I think another year under Caleb Porter, he can continue to do well. And I, and I think the important thing for the Portland Timbers, Ivis, is, is when you look at their midfield, Diego Valeri, Will Johnson, and Diego Chara are all back. And when you look at all those three of those guys last year, I mean, they just terrorized teams. And, and another year of Will Johnson... Portland man, they're 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 gonna have that 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 three headed monster in the midfield right there is, is you know probably the best midfield in, in the league right now. Uh, you know what? I have to think about that, but it's they're right, they're up there, they're up there, no doubt about it. Um, you know, RSL might have a little thing to say about that with Beckerman, Morales, and Luis Gill. I mean, that's that's a pretty good trio right that's there. That's not bad either. Uh, and 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 Ned grab a boy. Um, but look, Nagby is one of the best players in the league. And and I think he gets overlooked a bit uh, by the folks on the East Coast because he's you know he's been in, in Portland he's been on the West Coast for years now he's not a player who play he's not a national team player he's not a U.S. player so he, he I, I don't think people realize just how good he is how dangerous he is mm-hmm. how unique he is and and you know I think his first year under Porter uh, reuniting uh, from their days in Akron. Obviously, he responded well, had a big year. But I think, to tell you what, this year with those other pieces, keeping the pressure off of him, having another dynamic option like Fernandez uh, who moves around so well and gets into good spots, uh, I tell you, I, I think I think Nagby is going to have a big year. I think I think, uh, I think Arudi's going to – Arudi could be the leading scorer, but I think Nagby could really blossom into just an absolute dynamic force uh, for them because he, he combines the speed, the strength, the technical ability – He's got it all. The kid has got it all. Well, there it is, Ivis, the Western Conference SBI preview show. Uh, for everyone wondering, Ivis and I are going to do another show uh, episode. Uh, I believe that will be um, 120, <laughs> episode 120. <laughs> You're killing me. 120. In <laughs> uh, that one, Ivis and I will predict uh, MVP, Coach of the Year, uh, you know, Newcomer of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Best Hair, you know, stuff, stuff like that. Goal of the year, and we will also talk about uh, week one of the MLS season. Yes, games, games actually going on this weekend. I'm looking forward to it, man. I I'm already geeked out. I, everything's already set up in my house. It's exciting. It's exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because as much as uh, look, I love going on the road. I love watching the games live in person. But I have such I, I I've set up I, like like just like you. I have revamped my setup at home. I've got the multiple screens. I got the big iMac computer in the middle, mm. ready to fire up MLS uh, MLS Live. I, I, I'm gonna. I got the genie now, so I can record five games at once if I have to. It, I, I'm locked and loaded, folks. I'm ready to rock. Uh, unfortunately, the week one I will be on the road. I'll be in Seattle and Portland. 
two great games. Looking forward to it. Big weekend. Uh, I, I will be in Seattle Friday night, and I will be in Portland sun, uh, Saturday night. Uh, should be good times there. Two good games. Some of the best teams in the league. Uh, I'm going to think about it. Well, for the first weekend, mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to see uh, Sporting KC, Portland, and Seattle right there. Three of the top teams overall that I have. And then Philly, who I have, is one of the teams that improved the most in the offseason. So, you're going to see, uh, well, you're gonna, well to see you're, yeah, I was going to say, you're going to see Philadelphia too. Don't don't brush them under the rug. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> well, hey, not only that, I'm going to go see, and then, and then on Wednesday, I'm going to go see LA. So, boom, right there. First four days of the, of the, of the season, I will have seen. Uh, arguably the top four teams live. So I was clearly a front runner, man. I mean, you could have went to go check out Dallas, Montreal, Houston, New England. I mean, come <laughs> on, man. You got to be that much of a front runner. Well, you know what I could have done? I could have, I, I mean, I'll confess, I could have left Portland on Sunday morning and, and caught the Chivas USA match on that Sunday, but, mm. uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, I'm going to stay in Portland. So I'll watch it on TV. I, I don't blame you. I, I, I'd probably stay in Portland, too. As we said, man, I'm looking forward to going up to Portland. It's going to be a good time. You can introduce me to your second family. Yes, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Um, all right. One's well, enough. One's, one's enough. <laughs> yeah, well, Keep, one keeps me busy. Maybe I'll be there one day. Um, all right, Ivis. Well, uh, well, that wraps up uh, today's marathon show. Uh, anything else we need to talk about before before we officially close everything out? Absolutely not. This is the longest show ever. I don't think it is. Is it the longest <laughs> show ever? Hold on. Let me, my math's pretty. Really my math's me. pretty I bad. I mean, I wasn't a math major in school, so yeah, it's it's it pretty long. It, you know what? It, it doesn't feel long, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's uh, we're looking at an hour, hour fifteen, hour twenty. Oh yeah, that's that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's a good show. That was like our Eastern Conference preview show. And everyone, please, if you're listening to this and you want excellent coverage from. Ivis and myself, please listen to the MLS Eastern Conference preview show, and and you know listen. You already did listen to this, and, and please listen to our to our upcoming show where we'll uh, <laughs> we'll preview the whole the whole entire league and preview games. I mean, yeah. it's crazy to think. I feel it, like it, it, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we haven't talked games, you know. But when I mean, you think about it, it's only been three months since since really the these you know the season ended. But just it seems forever though. Well, it took us one month of that to defrost from MLS Cup, so. And then, yeah, so right there, that, that 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 a month erased. But uh, but yeah, folks, if you have about three or four hours to kill, just knock these 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 episodes out, and you'll you'll know everything you need to know about the 2014 MLS. Yes, and uh, and Ivis, I'm going to let you go, man. Uh, I'll t- I'll talk to you later this week with our with our preview show, and uh, you have a good night, man. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the reviews on iTunes. Ivis and I will be back with our MLS preview show, and we'll re- and we'll preview the matches for the upcoming weekend. This is the SBS Show.